Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. Is this what we're recording about? Transformational leadership? I think so. Okay, I'm into it. And cults. I would love to talk about cults. Great. These two topics are ones that I have a little bit of experience in. I had a feeling. I mean, we've, we've pretty much met in a version of the cult. Space Cord. Space Cord. We invite you to join us on this voyage of exploration into cults and alternative realities. We would like to introduce you to freelance philosopher, Rachel. Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising. How do you define cult? I think that's important to begin with. Well, cult is a funny word because it was actually popularized by the CIA in the 1960s when there were a large number of cultural movements happening that they wanted to delegitimize. We would like to introduce you to alternative reality creator, Yamin. Scorpio Sun, Virgo Moon, Cancer Rising. Primarily anchored around the Jim Jones mass suicide. He basically was a narcissistic prophet who was convinced that the United States government was part of seeding separation and violence on the planet. And he was committed to overthrowing that system and eventually moved his entire commune to somewhere in Central America and went down his own rabbit hole, which eventually led to a mass suicide and the murder of a U.S. congressman who went down there to visit them. That's when the word cult was actively circulated. And there's this whole weird history of these different communes happening in the 70s where things just got a little bit weird and these cultural movements which is the word the root of cult is culture were defining themselves as separate from the dominant culture and so the word cult was used as a derogatory phrase for anything that was creating its own reality context that didn't fit in with the mainstream reality. Hmm. And so one of the disorienting things about being part of what could be a cult is that you are actively creating your own reality. Hmm. And there's some pitfalls that can happen there where you lose touch with other forms of reality that might be important to be grounded into while also being in a visionary state of what's possible. Mm. Um, so what I found myself in over the last year is finding myself in these containers which are creating a new possibility of reality and also are potentially disorienting because you're not tapped into the reality that other people are living in. Right. Uh, so how to be mindful of how you're creating your reality and yeah, and staying grounded in that. Under that definition, I do believe it's accurate to say that we did meet in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering with regards to creating a new reality and still trying to maintain some groundedness and mindfulness surrounding the reality that you're leaving. I mean, don't you have to leave one reality for the other? Can you actually be in both realities? There is a philosophical movement called metamodernism, which sort of goes past what postmodernism did. Postmodernism was basically saying all forms of reality creation are relative, and so there's no absolute truth that we can hold on to. And it created this sort of deconstructed experience of reality where everything was relative, nothing was absolute, mm. and 
So you couldn't really claim anything as objective. And what metamodernism seeks to do is to create contextual realities where you're able to hold multiple perspectives simultaneously mm-hmm. and understand them all as inherently true, but none as absolutely true. What is the difference there? The idea of, of absolute truth is something that is infinitely and perpetually true. Mm-hmm. And so there are wisdom traditions, there are perennial philosophies, the Vedic traditions that seek to explain things at such a fundamental level. The things that we know are like base reality. Mm-hmm. And those things are very fundamental and basic. Mm-hmm. And then you stack on top of that our relative truths of how we're interpreting things. And the idea of metamodernism is that the more different perspectives you have on something, the closer you get to understanding what the fundamental layer of truth is that's informing mm. all of those perceptions. Okay. This guy, Ingo Swan is this sort of mythical character in the history of the CIA's research into consciousness. He was the head of the remote viewing and astral projection unit of the CIA at a place called the Stanford Research Institute. And what he was researching was ways to experience consciousness non-locally. So he was being used for military purposes to project his consciousness into Russian military bases and provide intelligence of what was happening there. He wrote a book called Reality Tunnels. And what he was describing in that book is the degree to which our perception of reality creates a box that we view all of our reality through. And we're inherently limiting what we're able to perceive by the certain constructs that we've created that we filter information through. Another experience that we share is Vipassana, which is really about deconditioning some of those constructs where when you actually sit in silence and observe the breath, in the Buddhist context, those are your sankharas. Those are the like pathways in your consciousness that have become so routine. That's the box that you're perceiving reality through. And the more that you just sit in the void, in the emptiness, the more that those constructs rise up to the surface and you're able to actually witness them from an objective, neutral place. And then that opens up your ability to perceive reality in a greater context. Mm. And that there's actually something beyond the constructs that you've created. And that reality is actually so complex that we, we on some level, have to collapse it into a certain box in order to just live and be in the world. But if we get too contracted around the box that we're using to perceive reality, we're actually potentially missing important contexts that would help us to live more meaningfully. So related to cults, the toolkit that you need in order to navigate the world of alternate realities is your ability to hold multiple perspectives simultaneously, which I think humor is a really great way to not take anything too seriously. The great cosmic joke is that bigger picture of of how unknowable the great mystery is. Mm. And if you can stay with that, then you can then you have the freedom to explore these different interpretations of reality without getting so locked into them that you mm. stop being able to perceive other forms of reality. I mean, Bago laughs, Bago tricks. I think these are the tools that are beneficial in all realities created past, present, and future. In my brain, I'm always laughing, but laughter on a physical manifested space doesn't happen as regularly as it should. 
I recently, as of yesterday, probably laughed the hardest that I've laughed in at least six months because my niece got a comb stuck in her hair. I mean, it was so tangled in her hair. And I thought there are two realities that are going to happen here. One, we cut the hair. Two, we cut the comb. It was that tangled. Subsequently, after a good, honest three minutes of effort, I thought, white flag, I can't do this anymore. I put a bunch of butter in her head. And then I said, put two ponytails on and let's just let the butter set. So for an hour, she's outside playing soccer with a comb stuck in her hair. And I'm cracking up. I'm cracking up hysterically because it's as if it's not even there. But there's clearly this comb that's in her hair as she's going around kicking the ball. Long story shorter, seven hours passes and eventually I get the comb out. But she spends the entire seven hours with it in her hair, just comb that's stuck in her hair. And it was hilarious to me. Hilarious. This is actually a really beautiful metaphor. What are the combs stuck in our hair? Are we just running around the world with these combs stuck in our hair and we can't see them? Right. But through the reflections of others, we see how hilarious it is that we are stuck. Yeah, I think they're the things that get tangled up in our consciousness that are not necessarily ours. Like they're culturally conditioned ways of perceiving that we're not aware of because they're so entangled in our perception of reality that we're not aware of them. So just to ground it in like an actual experience that I had recently, one of the things that I've been noticing is the way that certain belief systems that are not necessarily our own or embedded in our consciousness are often protected by things that are authentically important to us. So I realized that embedded in my deep love and compassion for the world, for life, is a deep fear of suffering, my own suffering and the suffering of the world. And I had so strongly associated love for the world with fear of suffering that the comb was that fear. And it was tangled up in a belief that I had about how I expressed that love for the world. And so in detangling that, I was able to experience that love without that fear. Something I'm still deprogramming, untangling. Space Cord, Space Cord. We will continue exploring alternative realities in transformational leadership in the next episode.